1: have we got a fun episode for you today. We are talking about Sun Records and Studio in Memphis, Tennessee, the birth of rockabilly and even rock and roll. So get ready to meet us at the table, and perhaps later you're going to want to listen to some classic tunes that will make you tap your feet. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Steel Magnolias, the strength of steel, With the grace of a magnolia,
0: we are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South.
1: And we've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Well, we're
0: already into March, but I did want to acknowledge that it's technically Women's History Month. Ah! And you know, we've talked about on here before, like every day seems to have a it's national something so, so it's national you know and, and then now the months and but i wanted to just comment since it's we
1: highlight a lot of women
0: yeah, i know i was thinking podcast. oh maybe we
1: should have highlighted a woman today but, but we do that often
0: well one of my favorite episodes was last year which was a major historical moment for women
1: when, Heck yeah. we, when we
0: celebrated with a two part episode the only no we did one other two parter anyway For the 100-year anniversary of getting the right to vote. And so I just wanted to mention it in case you are one that's wanting to take in some women's history information. Yeah, or if you
1: missed that, those were really great episodes. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to mention, if you're local to the Nashville area, the Tennessee State Museum has extended their exhibit of the ratification. um, Of the 19th Amendment. Amendment. Okay. And they're doing it now through September oh, very cool. they wanted to make sure people got to go see it since they'd been closed for a while. So, Well, that's cool. Um, I noticed something interesting slash exciting in a driveway in one of the cul-de-sacs in my neighborhood this week. If you follow us on Instagram, you already know what I'm talking about. I saw a U haul in the driveway, which meant new neighbors, new which neighbors, meant hospitality time. How fun. Um, but I just wanted to mention it because even though we talk about it a lot on here, I still had the butterflies.
1: Oh, of nervousness. Isn't that I'm that like, so
0: funny. They looked so nice. It was just like a young couple. Yeah. You know, they had a dog and like it was just so, they were so approachable from me peeking through the blinds of my. uh, window across
1: the street Uh
0: and I still had but still
1: kind of like oh yeah and even it's a stepping out
0: excuses even started coming like I was like oh let's go let's go meet them and then it was like oh maybe this isn't a good time I was like no this is a perfect time they're outside that's right like they're unloading but they can take two seconds to say hello so we did go over and meet them and they're very Aww. very nice and they're not new to the south but they're new to tennessee they're from birmingham so
1: oh okay i'll, um, I'll let them
0: get settled a little bit more before i bring some food over or something. well
1: we may have to p- tap into their um info on birmingham yeah because
0: we were wanting to make that trip soon so. that's true I didn't inundate him with podcast <laughs> stuff or walk over with my notepad to take interview. That's notes. good. That's good. I let him breathe a little.
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I had so much fun preparing for today. It was
0: very fun. So this reminded me of my history of rock class in college. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm sure if I could even go back, that Sun Records I'm sure was mentioned over and over had and over to be. again. I remember learning so much in that class and being so immature thinking oh yeah I'm sure I know a lot of rock and roll history and you're like um I was like oh rock and roll starts with like black and white (laughs) right not I don't mean people I mean like you know black and white television and like pick you know like back to like 50s yeah you know like the era of my parents they had you know so just such immaturity but yeah this was a very fun topic.
1: Well, um I got some absolutely fabulous information from my Encyclopedia of Southern Culture that I bought oh, online.
0: Man. That thing is Thick.
1: Well, it's hilarious because I'm sitting on the couch with my laptop and that book. And it's so big that I was like, do I want the laptop or do I want the book? Because I got to go Can't have both. Kind of yeah. back and forth because yeah. yeah. it's such a huge book. Wow! But I wanted to give credit where credit was due because they had some details that I thought were really interesting that's that I good. found that yeah. I wasn't going to find online or yeah. something. So that's so good. Give them kudos on this. But I've had this subject in my lit- running list mm-hmm. for Quite a while, um, so it's given the ti- Sun Records is given the title "Where Rock and Roll Was
0: Born." That's so, of course, it does deserve its own episode. And if you haven't heard of it,
1: that is okay because it is—it's totally okay. But we're going to tell you why it's so important. Yeah. So first off, um, it was started by a man named Sam Phillips. Mm-hmm. So I, wa- I thought we should start there. Like, yeah. let me just tell you a little bit about him. So he was born in 1923 in Florence, Alabama. And um, if you know much about Florence, Alabama, or if you listen to our episode um, where we talked about Muscle Shoals, yes, um, and I actually looked it up because I was going to address it in something later, it was season one, episode four. So if you missed okay. that, you'll want to check cool. that out at some point. Um, anyhow, he grew up listening to blues and black gospel. That okay. was very prevalent in that area. And that was really impactful on him. Um, He became certified in radio engineering while he lived in Muscle Shoals, Okay. and he became a disc jockey on WLAY in Muscle Shoals. And then he went over to Decatur, Alabama, very close by, um, and was on WLAC Nashville as a disc jockey there.
0: Raise your hand if you ever wanted to be a DJ. Hello. That
1: seems like the most fun job in the world. Oh, I just, some of the voices are so great. So classic on those disc jockey voices. Um, But his next step after that was to go to WREC in Memphis. Okay. In 1955, now this is kind of interesting. He founded the nation's first successful all-female radio station. Wow. Wow. And I thought this was funny. It was W-H-E-R. Oh, Her. how cute. The original and Her. That, yeah. <laughs> and that was I in Memphis. It. I love it. His passion for black music prompted him to open Memphis Recording Service so that black southern blues artists would have a place to record their music. Wow. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he just this, had eyes for diversity from that's the beginning. Right. Sounds that's right. Like. And, and saw the beauty in both yeah. music um, styles. Uh, that studio was in a converted radiator shop on Union Avenue in Memphis. Cool. Um, he initially had to do recordings of weddings, funerals, and speeches just to stay in business. Interesting. I know. So you picture like, oh, he must be some grand, right. you know, brilliant producer. And no. so, <laughs> no, that's not yeah. how it starts. Glamour does not come first. Yeah. <laughs> Don't despise humble beginnings. That's right. Phillips was, um, he actually made the very first recordings of B.B. King and Howling Wolf, as well as other black singers who later became famous. They weren't famous when they walked into his place. Wow um that's true yeah you know you have to
0: remember that like it's not like there's a sign over their head that's like that's
1: bb king star coming in future star here here comes some guy yes thinks he's good exactly (laughs) (laughs) um but by 1952 phillips was really frustrated about legal disputes he was in and competition from larger recording companies that were luring his artist away Mm. so he finds this little gem and gets a good recording, and then they go off to the bigger, yeah. bigger guys. Um, so he decided to start his own record label. Yep. And um, Memphis Recording Service became Sun Record Company. Yes. They released their first record on March the 1st of 1952, but it would be a year later before they had their first hit with Rufus Thomas's Bearcat. Cat.
0: So he called it Sun Records as a sign of his perpetual optimism. A new day and a new beginning. I love I it. I love it. It's fun that we're actually recording this on a really sunny day, which is nice in the midst of a winter season. Yeah, You appreciate
1: sun. Well, when I think of Sun Records, um, our mom still has a record player. And she had quite a few records, even little 45s. Yeah. And I think of, like, I have a memory of their bright yellow yes, sunburst I do with a little rooster now that you're saying it. that sun i records, can totally see it but kind of yellow and brown anyway um so sun soon became known as a combination of white country music sung with a black rhythm and blues feel mm-hmm. that they called rockabilly yep hillbilly with rhythm and blues mixed in yep um I noticed on Sun Records' website, it said, I, I thought this was a good description. Rockabilly became the major evolution in the Sun sound. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, it was bold. Musically, it was sparse. But it moved. In the 1950s, country music rarely used drums that were so vital to jazz, blues, and and jump bands. Now, that's weird to think of any... Uh- genre of
0: music not including
1: drums I know and I didn't realize that drums were prohibited on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry that's weird isn't that weird but that has to go
0: back to I'm guessing some sort of religious thread that is
1: in the roots of Maybe. some of the buildings of the. I don't know I'm, yeah I'm, I'm totally speculating we'll to, but we're gonna do the Grand Ole Opry and yeah will have to look into yeah. that part um, but rockabilly drums played an essential role in driving teens across the nation to become ena- enamored with that rockabilly movement and the revolutionary sun sound. So um, it was just breaking new, new ground. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I think it's interesting.
0: As I'm glad you talked a lot about Sam Phillips because it's important to know, like, who are the people that had the foresight of finding artists that we now today are like well yeah i mean they're a legend you know i know they wouldn't have been a legend necessarily had there not been people that came alongside them and
1: steered them in certain directions and tweaked things and like yeah it takes the team not just the one guy i I read that he was patient
0: Mm. um which is definitely not something that you think of music industry like people that are constantly being you know asked to listen to this listen to this um he that he was willing to listen to almost anyone who came in off the street to record that's cool wow that's really cool um and yeah like you were saying just memphis was a very diverse musical scene and so even that he had not even the willingness to listen to different artists but found an appreciation in everything from gospel to blues to yeah. Um, I almost said hillbilly rockabilly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's had a little hillbilly. And that's right. Um, and you know, the the real Western sort of sounds that were out there as well. So in 1954 was a very significant year for Mr. Sam Phillips, because that is when he met Elvis Presley. Woo. Hello. And when you look through the roster of those that are were on Sun Records, I mean, you're just like, he was like the jewel collector. He had For Elvis, sure. yeah. he had Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison, Merle Haggard, Conway Twitty, Junior Parker, James Cotton, and on and on. I mean, even there was a group called the Dixie Cups on there, and I didn't know um, their name by that. Um, uh, african-american female group but i think they had go into the chapel okay i mean like so even if some of the names that i just read you aren't familiar
1: i know you know some of these songs yes um so yeah so well elvis presley made that rockabilly famous i mean by far he was the picture of that yeah um Phil- and sam phillips recorded his very first songs yeah So he recorded a couple of songs he came in with and then gave him some counsel on a couple of things Mm -hmm. to tweak and work on. And um, this is literally when rock and roll was born, Mm -hmm. was Elvis Presley in this Sun Studios. Yeah. so yeah, in your music history class, I'm sure this was oh my gosh, yeah mentioned because it's so so key. Um, this music really spoke to the working um, working class South.
0: Okay, that makes black sense. and white. That makes
1: sense. Um, but the two first hits that Elvis had were "That's All Right, Mama," yes, and "Blue Moon of Kentucky." Yeah, he recorded eight more songs for Phillips before he sold the contract to RCA. Sam Phillips Mm -hmm. sold the contract to RCA for $35,000 plus $5,000 back royalties. Okay. This was an unprecedented sum at the time, which is so funny. Isn't that (laughs)
0: hilarious to think about?
1: And it gave Sun Records some stability that they needed. So that's kind of interesting because you're going, why in the world would you have sold that contract? But if you're on shaky ground and you think, you know, Yeah. And from a
0: business standpoint, he didn't get into the business to just manage Elvis's career. That's right. He had wide vision to have lots of different artists have a place to record and
1: release their music. So yeah, he needed the firm foundation that that money was gonna give him. That's so important. That's when he started working with some of the names you mentioned. Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison. Um, In 1956, Carl Perkins... Um, recorded blue suede shoes yes and also in 1956 johnny cash recorded i walk the line mm. so good um in 1957 and 58 jerry lee lewis had hits with whole lot of shaking going on and great balls of fire what yeah. a character he was I, know. I mean such a character we could do an episode on him sometime um I'm but, not but those sure artists would be family friendly but <laughs> it's true that's <laughs> <Yeah>. so true <laughs> he's wild Ooh, he was wild um but those artists all went on to bigger labels which mm-hmm. I was thinking that kind of had to hurt a little bit absolutely if you know the one who gets them going and yeah then they just move on but anyhow I think that happens probably to a lot of labels and I'm sure that's every industry you know yeah. your salesperson yeah moves on and I mean I even
0: remember listening to the story of Sub Pop Records a uh-huh. super independent um, label up in Seattle, Washington. And they were telling the story of when Nirvana, Nirvana. said,
1: we're, we're going to go with, a, with a big guy. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. These are the
0: guys that believed in you. I yeah. know. And
1: especially you'd think like a Kurt Cobain would stick with the oh, money small talks. town. It does. <laughs> Ooh, and gets people doing things they never thought they'd do. Mm-hmm. Um, but after those guys kind of moved on, things kind of started to quiet down and, um, Phillips retired in 1968 and he sold the controlling interest of sun record company to Shelby Singleton of Nashville. Yes. So this brought the formation of sun international corporation, which is located in Nashville.
0: Yes. And Shelby Singleton was already a producer and an entrepreneur.
1: And so, I mean, just kind of taken on a new wing or something. Yeah. Um, This included the record catalogs of these artists except for presley they had already those had already been transferred to rca yeah yeah so
0: yeah so um and then sam phillips died not too long ago he died in 2003 okay and um yeah some some big news though
1: well i want to mention one thing that i just think is so fun before we get to that um one of the most famous moments for sun studios i just like visualize this and I've seen photos of this in the past, okay. but um, I just think this is amazing to think about. December the 4th, 1956 after Carl Perkins success of blue suede shoes, he had come into uh, sun studio to record some more material. Phillips wanted to introduce him to his newest prodigy in Jerry Lee Lewis. And Johnny Cash was already in the control room because he wanted to check out Carl Perkins i'm new, smiling because i know where you're going yes okay. uh elvis presley who was the absolute hottest thing around yes drops by yeah soon the foursome begins riffing on some gospel and bluegrass numbers and they start recording it wow and it became known as the Million Dollar Quartet. That's right. Yes. Which we've seen photos. I, yeah. When you and I were in that um, that cool t-shirt shop in Nashville, Project Six One Five. Yeah. They have a big photo of they it do. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can look that up online or something. But it's just neat to listen to the just natural those are movie moments though you're like
0: that really happened like those four paths crossed to be in that little bitty studio and it is tiny we'll talk about that in just a second but yeah i'm glad you mentioned that. so cool the million dollar quartet that is amazing well as you mentioned sam phillips was the original owner sold the label to shelby singleton which brought who brought it to nashville and then singleton um he died in 2009 Okay. And so the label and its assets were transferred to his brother, John A. Singleton. Um, and just six weeks ago, this <laughs> I was about no. to say a minute ago, just six weeks ago, big news um, happened when John A. Singleton, who is now 80 years old, he came forth and said, all right, time to sell. I know. So, the independent company Primary Wave Music acquired the recordings of uh, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, not Elvis. Yeah, as those, we were those were already Those were already in Sony, I think's catalog. But in an interview, he said, you know, we don't have a succession in the family. Mm. And after I'm gone, you know, he's 80. Yeah. And so he's just looking around going, so who's, who's doing this? Well, like who's yeah. already
1: time to pass the baton. If yeah, you will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so um, their primary wave that, that bought up the catalog, they also own the catalog for Stevie Nicks, Smokey Robinson, Bob Marley. Okay. Like they, it wasn't Joe some... Schmo off yeah, the street yeah. that was like, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. But <laughs> The price tag does not sound high enough to me. Okay. It wasn't, like, you know, officially disclosed, but it's estimated that it was $30 million. Yeah,
1: that's the number I saw, too.
0: That does not seem high enough
1: to when me. When you're talking about Folsom Prison Blues, I Walk the Line, Great Balls of Fire.
0: Because Bob Dylan's was sold for $300 million.
1: Wow.
0: So I don't okay. know. So either that number's really off or... yeah. yeah. Something isn't a value that I would Bob think. Bob
1: Dylan's written so much. Though, true, too. There's that's probably true. a lot in that. He's that's written very so true. much that were even by other art, you know, recorded by other artists.
0: Um, but there was a good New York Times article that actually went through the whole whole deal and, um, like I said, kind of interviewed this Singleton man that just sold it. But yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So, but. To just kind of hold on to something fun related to all this, the Sun Studio still stands. Yes, it does, and you can actually go there today in Memphis. Um, You can stand in the very spot that Elvis recorded, and you can do a tour. They have tours there, and they have all the details. um, If you're wanting to know, like COVID related or spacing, because it is very small, so they're very limited on how many numbers can come in. Um, but all those details are on the website, but it's just $15. I think for it's 45
1: minutes or something. A tour, yeah. You can even still record there. I know. Like if you are one that I don't know what the quality is and all of that.
0: but $200 an hour.
1: You... And it's five hour minimum. Okay. I so, didn't see that. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, that's pretty amazing to think even if you're not an Elvis fan, you're probably... A fan of some of Some of these guys That's right
1: Well I have another memory That I wanted to mention Because this was just So integral to me Um, In 1988 The band U2 Did their Rattle and Hum Movie and album Do you remember Rattle and Hum? Yes Well Three of the songs were recorded in Sun Studio. Were they really? And you and the videos um, of... Like the music video? Of Angel of Harlem yeah. was in there. And it's <sighs> so cute because the drummers got on like a Sun Studio t-shirt. I love it. And I was thinking, you know how you think of like you 2 They're like too cool to wear the t-shirt from yeah. where they just... No, he has it on in... <laughs> I love it when people pay homage to, know, like, something. I know. Yeah. Well, that's what that whole project was. I don't know. I just remember it because it was an important time in my music life. Mm-hmm. But they were paying homage to yeah. classic uh, artists. And yeah. so, anyway, that's where they recorded Angel of Harlem, Love Rescue Me, and When Love Comes to Town. Those are big ones. That's So amazing. those were all big ones. And, um, yeah. There's,
0: there's also, PBS did... Uh, they host a television show on PBS called Sun Studio Sessions,
1: oh. and you can watch
0: it on YouTube as well. And I'll link that's to it in fun. our show notes. But I, I mean, like artists that you would know. So I watched Chris Robinson, who does his own projects now. But yeah, if you that's might know, him, you might know him from The Black Crows. I watched him, them recording in Sun
1: Studio. That's very cool, and it was
0: sounded great, and it was very cool. It's very vibey in there. Um, but yeah, if you have any interest in going you can actually go visit or
1: if you just want to get an idea of what it's like you can go watch other artists record there on YouTube well um a couple other things I just wanted to say when you were talking about your music history class yeah. I just thought these were kind of important to think about you know that saying that that birth of rock and roll mm-hmm. happened there yeah with Elvis and that whole crowd um shortly after that because that was in the late 50s mm-hmm. Um, in the 1960s was when the British invasion happened with the Beatles. Yes. And a lot of that kind of started the shift. Okay. To the next wave. Okay. um, And then things went more to what they just called rock. It wasn't okay. rock and roll anymore. It was okay. rock. Okay. And then in 1970, that was the next emergence of a of a sound from the south because so you had that rockabilly rock and roll uh-huh. and then it went more to rock which the south wasn't as necessarily the key spot sure until 1970 with southern rock yeah right and Inter- capricorn records and the allman brothers and yes, all that so that's say, why i was gonna say that season one episode four that we did we talked a lot about that yeah 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 um but New Orleans and Memphis were real hubs of music in the 1950s. Yes. So they were would have been considered hubs. Yeah. But by the point we get to after that British invasion, mm-hmm. the hubs were then down to New York City, L.A., and Nashville. Okay, So you don't really hear as much coming out of... Yeah. I'm talking about recording. Right. And music... Yeah, just a music hub yeah. of production yeah. is not so much in those places. There's still great artists that come out of there. Absolutely. I don't mean that. Yeah. But Yeah. But um, that's good. I just thought that was interesting from the history perspective mm-hmm. of the South. That's interesting. And then I just automatically think
0: that's when the real shift in high decibel levels of girls screaming starts <laughs> to really take over, right? Because now you've got the Elvis phenomenon and the beatles and And it's just like yeah
1: um what would we even compare that to now justin bieber okay
0: yeah i mean because you can see videos i've watched his documentary and it is just i mean tears so many tears and shaking and you know
1: gosh that is so wild just
0: quivering just because they know he's in the building you know that kind of not not like they just shook hands with him like just they know he's gonna walk by by. oh my gosh yeah yeah Yeah, in fact, I mean, speaking of Screaming Girls, you got to remember, wasn't Elvis drafted when he was kind of at the height of the
1: Screaming Girls? So that's crazy to think about. Like, he was drafted in 1958. Okay, and so the height of all of this, right? Yeah, because we we said that Sam Phillips
0: discovered him in 54, so four years in, and he's like, so now I'm going to go
1: serve my country. Yeah, um, He's literally the, mo- the most well known name in the world of entertainment. Wow. And yeah. peace out. I've got to go serve my country. And also keep in mind another thing that's interesting to think about is he was very controversial, too. Like yes, he was. With the shaking of oh, the hips. For like sure. you didn't do that on TV. No,
0: that is rated R. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Which, when you think about it now, it's kind of amazing. Like Desi and Lucy are in separate beds on "I Love Lucy," and now that's considered like so PG. Oh, for sure, yeah. But um, it was controversial at the time. Yeah, that hip shaking. Yes, he
0: was going to hell. Yeah, (laughs) because I remember lots of things in the history of rock class where we discussed um, the camera. You know, how they would cut him off. They would would only show him.
1: They would just the like, upper,
0: yeah. From the shoulders up or, yeah, from the kind of torso so up. So yeah. wild to yeah. think about.
1: Anyhow, all of that to say, you know, it was very esteemed to go serve your country. I wonder if that helped his career, like, mm. that he went and did that. Like, were some of those, you know, little bitty women that were upset with his hip shaking, looking at him a little better two years later? Because he served from fifty March 58 to March nineteen sixty okay
0: i mean i'm just i don't know I'm, i really am trying to think put my head around if justin bieber got drafted and we're like what
1: he's gonna know. go well that's what i was gonna say he'd probably he, he'd probably be a find work, a way out i was gonna it. say there'd
0: definitely be a workaround these days but his but that is what it's we're equating equate, it to yes
1: yeah that's so crazy to think about wow
0: Anyway, well, there's also um, here in Nashville, a Sun Diner. Diner. I've never been. I haven't Um, either. It's right next to the Johnny Cash Museum, which has been on my list for a very long time. Um, And I'm pretty sure Johnny Cash Museum is small enough that I feel like you could easily recommend do the museum and the diner in one day. And you're not going to be stretched on your time. But... They have um, love me tenders oh on the gosh, menu. Oh no. Chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> cry, 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 hot wings. Feeling good breakfast burger and How on cute. and on. So it looks like an actual diner. It's very cute in there. And then just like you started the
1: show... You're going to want to listen to some of this stuff because I was while I was
0: preparing. I was listening, yes. That's so funny. I didn't do that on this uh, particular topic, but I remember I
1: did that when we were talking about Delta Blues. And there was some of the, you know, artists I didn't know. Right. But it was total toe-tapping, like, so fun. Yeah. So if you are on
0: Spotify, just look up Sun Records. There's lots of different playlists that include all the
1: artists and catalogs. Or if you make that road trip to Graceland and Sun Studios. Yes. Maybe that would be what you listen to in the car. Yes. That's a very good idea.
0: Well, it's just happy music. It yeah. is. They, yeah. they did great sticking with the original intent of a new day, a new beginning. Yeah. So, so fun. Anyway, maybe there's more music, a new wave of a new day new beginning music coming so i feel like we could all use a little dose of (laughs) that right now
1: yes
0: (laughs) some really bright shining sun records well anyway that was fun great topic hopefully that gave you guys a good uh (laughs) history of rock 101 i mean i really do feel like that (laughs) was what we spent a lot of time that semester talking about so anyway well have fun listening to some rockabilly And peace
1: be with you. Oh, and also with y'all.